welcome to the JMS Podcast. Jorge M. Sanchez. Thank you for tuning in, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome. Welcome. It's Easter. It's here. Uh, I don't know what your plans are are for Easter. Some of us are going hag hunting. Uh, some of us are uh, have, probably going out for a drink. Uh, some of us need that drink. Some of us are going to spend a family, unfortunately. Uh, for some fortune, maybe you like your family, I don't know. But I am glad that you are tuning in uh, to this episode. It is jam-packed. I got some extra content to put out there. And on top of that, uh, I had a great talk with the comedian Jeremy Curry, who's making some pretty big moves. Uh, I recently found out that he's actually uh, hosting quite a quite a big things at Cobbs in San Francisco. And it's pretty cool. And I needed a good talk from, from a comedian like him. He has such a great work ethic behind him that I really needed that. I had a bit of an episode, another episode, an episode of insecurity, as you can say. Uh, I don't know how else to put it, really. But uh, it was weird. I'm kind of ashamed to admit this in some weird way. But uh, on Wednesday, I had a, Wednesday was a tough day. Uh, but, you know, I ran my open mic, Cafe Frascati, and it went well. And um, then head over to Caravan, and it went okay. And I decided to go get a late, late, uh, I guess, dinner, late dinner at IHOP. I went with my friend, comedian Faco. We, we, went, we went, uh, went over to uh, IHOP and he got his pancakes and I was there eating my chicken and waffles, having a good time. And then, boom, it hit me. This, 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 that, that monkey on your back of, of insecurity just hit me. And I, I, I looked at Faco and I was like, Faco. Am I funny? And I, just when I said it, I just hated myself so much. I'm like, what kind of fucking question is that? Am I funny? That's like a prostitute asking her client if he loves her. Like, that's the saddest thing to say to another comic. Am I funny? And I saw it in Falco's eyes. That he He's like, is he really asking me this right now? And there was this awkward pause between me and Falco. And then Falco looks down he goes... These are some pretty good pancakes. I was like, yep, yep, let's just not talk about <laughs> that. Nope. Uh, but uh, but yeah, that's probably a low point right now that I ask a friend of mine if I'm, if I'm even funny. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, th- I think most comedians, we ask ourselves that a lot. But uh, it's one thing to really put it out there. And I was like, fuck, I'm that guy. I'm that guy that at 1 a.m. at IHOP, eating chicken and waffles, asking someone if I'm even funny it's like wow okay what what do I do with this so which is why when I had Jeremy Curry over and he had we had a great chat and how he processes through through comedy and and how he he looks at it I was like yeah you know there's definitely more you should give less shits about what others are thinking and give and think more about what you're doing as far as uh, craftsmanship and I really needed to hear that so it's like alright talk about good timing man so I had a great talk with Jeremy Curry look forward to that episode before you go out there I gotta remind you all that you could still subscribe to this podcast on iTunes SoundCloud and Stitcher Radio on top of that you can follow this podcast on social media you can follow it on Facebook you can follow it on Twitter you can follow on Instagram I am in all three of those things. And if you really need to email me for some reason, um, for any reason at all, I don't mind getting emails. I'm, I'm kind of, 
I'm that kind of person that doesn't get much messages from anybody, so I could always enjoy an email. I'll pick her up too. Yeah, is that what we call it? A pick her up? A pick her up email? Well, that email is jmspodcast at gmail.com. All right, but before we get to that conversation with Jeremy Curry, uh, we have a, an extra episode of Wheels on Wheels. Now, we weren't sure about putting this out there in some ways. Uh, Jacob Wheels, the best film critic in San Jose, he kind of deviated what I thought was going to be a film review. turns out to be like a theater review, but it's weird. You're going to find out what we're talking about. But after a while, we're like, you know what? We are towards the end of the second season here at JMS Podcast. We're going to reach our 100th episode, which is coming up pretty fast. And we're like, I'll well put all the extra stuff I have out there right now. Uh, because it wouldn't make sense to like, oh, you know, a year from now. I was like, oh, maybe we had this thing. And it's like, oh, let's put it out now. But it's a year later. Nobody's going to get it. So I'm putting it now. So this is uh, an extra episode, I guess you can say, of Wheels on Reels when he reviews Newsies. It's uh, what I thought was going to be that that film that came out in the 80s with Christian Bell. But uh, I was in for a surprise, as you're about to find out. So here we go. Let's uh, let's head on over to Jacob Wheels and let's see what he has to say about the film Newsies. So much more beautiful. Shit. Your hair does look more more shinier. It looks more... Inter- I've been, I put product in my hair. Like, your hair looks more interesting to look at. <laughs> what about my face? That's, so, a, whole, that's a whole different story. <laughs> but, but like, like you, when you see someone with a hair, with the with the uh, curls like you have mm-hmm. now... I put some hair. I'm, I put product in it. Yeah? I just need that, like, uh, soul glow, so I can just spray it everywhere I'm going. So I just walk around like... Just dripping wet. Looks like I just got out of the shower. You, you look like one of those cool hipsters. I'm not. Don't call me a hipster. Like before Fuck you. you. you Fuck you. you. Like, like a cool hipster. No. Oh, look. That That's hip- an oxymoron. It, it, it's like it's that hipster with the Jerry curl. Uh, no, no. Everybody loves that hipster. No, no. Fuck that. Everybody Fuck loves hipsters. that hipster, man. Everybody loves that <sighs> one guy with the Jerry curls. You making me sad. Yeah, I'm sorry. But you're here to review which film? <laughs> Le- Legoland? Lego? Legoland. Le- Le- you're here to review Legolos? Legolas? Legolos. No. I'm going to review a musical. A musical. A play. Newsies. Yes. Mu- Newsies, the Disney musical. Okay, which is a little different. It's because we're a different podcast, Jorge. I'm a different uh, film critic. Newsies film. Well, h- how did you even catch this film, dude? Uh, there was an advertisement. Okay, so you want to know the reason why I chose this? Mo- chose this? Why? So, I tried online dating for a good while, uh, a good a good half a year. Uh huh. For some reason, it would match me up with theater girls. For some reason. For some reason, I don't know. Which is kind of weird, knowing that the circumstances that came after that. But um, it hooked me up with a. Uh, it, it matched me with theater girls, right? And all of them said, "Hey, I like newsies," right? So what did I do? I was like, hey, I saw Newsies on Disney Channel back in the day. I didn't fucking see it. I lied to their faces. I watched this movie so I can finally say I've seen Newsies, and when I talk to theater girls, they'll believe me. Well, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, I'm no more. I'm not going to lie to theater, theater girls anymore, Jorge. I'm done with that. Was that's, it worth it? 
I didn't get with any of them. I mean, was it worth seeing Newsies oh. for the sake of uh, impressing these mus- uh, theater girls? It wasn't for them. It was for me. It's so I don't feel guilty. Yes, it was good. Well, what's interesting... It was different for me. What's interesting about Newsies is that it's actually like the fourth film directed by um, Kenny Ortega. And this is the guy that made Hocus Pocus. This is the guy that made uh, other musicals. And this is the guy that made High School Musical. Yeah. Well, let me tell you something, Jorge. I didn't see the movie. I saw the stage play at the movie theaters. Of High School Musical? No, no. Of Newsies. Newsies. It was a stage play, but they showed it in theaters. What the fuck? This is not the, 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 the 1992 movie. This was literally a stage play shown at the movies. Oh, come on. Yeah. Come on. I'm alternative now, bitch. You're such a hipster. <laughs> okay, that, and, <laughs> granted, and, that was a hipster move. And not even a cool one anymore. Oh, come on. You went to go see a play in a movie theater. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm not going to see it on Broadway. Okay, you went to go see a play that's on screen at a movie theater. Yes. Hey, they were advertising the shit out of this, man. I was like, I got to try something new. I got to be alternative, bro. All right. Well, okay. What's, well, I'm pretty sure it's the same damn thing. What's this thing about? How, how is it? I don't know. Okay. So I don't know how this works, but before every movie, like before, you know, before the theaters, uh, before the theaters, they, they advertise this thing where they show plays on the screen. So if you're not rich, white person, you can see the, the play. Okay. Right. They have like ballets. Uh-huh. They have rock concerts. Okay. And they have musicals and theater performances. Okay. And they're like, hey, for three nights only, you can watch Newsies without having to spend $60 million. Because guess what, Jorge? What? I don't have $60 million. You know what I do have? What do you have? $20. <laughs> Boom. I wa- I decided to watch this. For $20? 20 bucks. Wait. For $20, you get to see a play that's on screen in a movie theater. Yeah. Is, was it at least IMAX or at least 3D? No. 20 fucking dollars? So, you know what? You know how I justify 20 the- fucking dollars for some actors that probably are not A-listers of any kind? They're theater actors. Who, oh, my. Don't judge the theater actors, Jorge. Well, $20. So you know how I justified the $20? How? I snuck into the Lego Batman movie. Joke's on them, Jorge. Wow. Okay. You probably got your money's worth there. But I got my on. money's worth. But, but come double on. Double review. I snuck a double review in this bitch. Yeah. All okay. right. All right. Tell me about Newsies. How'd it go? Uh, you know what? I was kind of pissed off. Okay, so... Kind of pissed off? No, 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 no. Hold on. Hold on. I would have been greatly pissed off. No, it was good. If it you're was... like, Horace, go watch a movie, pay $20, and end up me watching a play on screen at a fucking movie theater. It was good. All right. Well, was it on the east side? Was it Eastridge of all places? No, this was Oak Ridge. This is Oak Ridge on South San Jose. Get the fuck out of here, hey, man. Hey, hey. I like this. All right. Okay, well, first of all, I was I was kind of... I, I went in going... I, I went into it expecting the worst. I expected people like... Because I went to go see Rocky Horror Picture Show and everyone... I haven't seen that movie before. I just like, I'm going to go see this in theaters. When I went there, people were fucking singing every song. I was pissed off. They were opening fucking umbrellas inside. I was like, why the fuck are people... So I expected that going into Newsies. I expected everyone to have a newspaper and fucking throw it at the screen and shit. Uh I expected that. Yeah. But luckily... That didn't happen. No one was singing during the performance. Was anybody there besides you? The, the, the full full house, bro. Get out of here. Yeah. Of of theater girls. Theater girls, theater guys. People were dressed up like newsies and shit. Really? Yeah. Is this for real? This is for reals. One on one with Shaquille O'Neal's. 
Well, oh, okay. All right. <laughs> so so you go in and it's it's a packed house. It's a packed house. I had to sit in the back. I had to sit in the top back. How dare them treat a film critic like right? that? Right? <laughs> Fuck them. <laughs> Just because I'm not reviewing a film, air quotes. Okay. Okay. So I go in there. Right. It starts. Everyone, you could, so everyone's singing beforehand. They know the songs, right? I don't know anything. But luckily, no one was sitting to the left or right of me. So that was good, going good for me. Okay, so it wasn't packed house. I did have one seat available. Because no one to sit next to me, Jorge. Oh, forever alone. Forever oh, alone. Dude. But guess what? I had somewhere to put my jacket. So fuck them. <laughs> everyone had to put their jackets on her lap, yeah. put them on the floor. Okay. Whatever. I got to put it on the seat next to me. That's good for you. I'm, I ha- I'm happy for you, man. Yeah. You won, definitely. I won. I think you won. If, if there were an Oscars for the loneliest uh, moment in someone's life, that would have been your Oscar moment. Hey, I don't need anyone uh, fucking holding me back, all right? You just need someone to hold your coat. Yeah, which is a chair. I don't even need a person. I need a chair. All right. So Chairs are more reliable than people. All right. I don't know if you know that. So you're in the back of the uh, So I'm in the very, theater. I'm in the back top and toward the middle. Luckily, no one wanted to sit next to me in the middle of the, of the row. Well, luckily, nobody was sitting next to you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So I'm being mean. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's just, dude. Is this how you treat people, Harry? <laughs> this is how I treat film critics. Like, I'm on the road, dude. With, <laughs> I'm on the road just talking shit with film critics. Wow, even, even my own friend. I'm on your team. I know. All I'm right. sorry. Uh, friendly fire. My bad. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> so I don't know where we're at. So what kind of pissed me off? Though? This is kind of pissed me off. about. So I know when you're watching theater and it's a long-ass play. This was like a, th- I, I want to say like almost three-hour production, which is fine. You know what I mean? Uh, but the thing that pissed me off is that there was an intermission. Okay. So what pissed me off about that is like they give us fifteen minutes to do something, right? I don't I don't know what they're gonna, what what am I gonna do? I'm not with anyone, so I had to sit there by myself for fifteen minutes with this intermission while everyone else is sitting in the rows talking, throwing newspapers and shit. They weren't throwing newspapers, but you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. They were socializing. I was just sitting there for fifteen minutes, not doing anything. I was looking at the screen. But, ah, it was bullshit. And you know what pissed me off? This is, this is what pissed me off. So I, I went to see Grindhouse in theaters. Remember when that was in theaters? Oh, yeah. That, that was great. That was a four-hour endeavor. Yeah. I didn't need an intermission. I'm not weak. Yeah. I fucking trucked it through that. And well, I loved- technically, they didn't have an intermission because their intermission was full of these great fake movie trailers. Yeah, but they, that's what I'm saying. Like, they didn't... Their intermission wasn't an intermission. Like, you yeah. were supposed to stay there. Yeah. They knew what they were doing. But the, with this fucking... It's... Okay, so I guess they recorded this this play. It wasn't live. Like this Newsies play, uh, this Newsies wasn't live, so why the fuck would you need an intermission? Just play the whole thing through. Yeah. There's no actors who need a break. Yeah. You know what I mean? Play the whole fucking thing through. I don't care about who who wrote this trivia. Fuck them. You know. <laughs> Chicken Wheels here to review intermissions. <laughs> review movie theater experiences. That's what this podcast is about. All right, but how was this play? How, so, how was it? So I actually, I did enjoy it. At first I was just like, fuck, fucking, because it's about kids. Yeah. You know, I hate kids. Kids are stupid. <laughs> but you know, there's like, they're poor kids, so you're supposed to feel bad about them. Did you? Uh, you know, you know, they had annoying New York accents. Uh-huh. It was kind of annoying. Nothing worse than a poor New York kid, huh? Yeah, fuck them. <laughs> Who do they think they are? They're not Californians. <laughs> Shots fired, bro. So so it starts off like there's this 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 head guy. I think his name is Jake or something. I wasn't really paying attention. <laughs> I mean, I was, but then I went to go see Lego Batman, which we'll get to later. But you know, there's this there's this like leader dude and he's almost, he's 17. He's almost not a kid, right? And he's like the leader of these newsy kids. 
And then there's this kid on crutches who, who they called Crutchy, which I think is a fucking mean ass name to call a kid who a cripple. You know what I mean? Fucking don't call that cripple Crutchy. That's disrespectful. Yeah. But anyways, they go down there. They're the. What am I getting into? I'm getting into the plot now. Okay. okay. So they get in there. They're like, oh, we're porn newsies. We, we, we sell newspapers. We're all porn shit. Right? So they like go there. They sell their newspapers. The next day, they raise the prices up because fucking newspaper people are assholes. You know, they're all Citizen Kane and shit, right? Just raising up prices. And the new, then the newsies are like, we want, we want our fucking newspapers to be dropped down. Let's start a union like the trolleys. Right? I didn't even know fucking New York had trolleys, bro. <laughs> okay. That's what I learned about this film. Uh, yeah. Like, back in, like, the, the 200s or whatever. Uh-huh. In New York, they had trolleys. Uh-huh. Right? So, they go off. They do their thing. They sing. They fucking dance like everyone else in New York. Uh-huh. And Chicago. Yeah. And La La Lands. <laughs> I'm culturing myself with musicals, too. Yeah. I don't know if you noticed that. Season three. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so, anyways, they, they start a union. They do backflips and shit. Everyone loves fucking backflips. All right? Every time a kid did a backflip, everyone's, like, losing their shit. All right? I, I don't Wait, know. The, the people in the crowd were losing their shit? They're fucking... Every, you, you know what? Because they also... You can also hear the people at the theater, like, where they recorded it. Mm-hmm. They were losing their shit, too. <laughs> like, a kid grabs another kid. He does a flip. He yeah. lands on his foot. The other guy does a flip, lands on his feet. And yeah. people are just losing their fucking mind. And I'm like, calm the fuck down. It's a flip. <laughs> right? right? Right. Like, I want to see these people at, like... SeaWorld. Like, how are they going to react to dolphins doing flips and shit? Right. So, um, where was I? Yeah, they they, they, they meet this performer lady. Uh, she's probably a hooker. Let's be honest. They, these kids meet a hooker. Okay, why? Because she's why? got that hooker dress on. Like, they don't address it because it's a Disney movie. Right. But she's a hooker. What's a, what's a hooker dress like? Uh, you know, like an like a old school... Like, she has... Um, she's she she got her chest kind of hanging out like you can see cleavage. Uh-huh. See the Cleveland. Yeah. Um, she's wearing like I don't know. She looked like a hooker. You, you <laughs> described a lot of women who are not prostitutes, dude. Sean cleavage, really? Well, I mean, this is like the twenties, bro. Yeah. Okay. People in the twenties don't show cleavage unless you're a hooker. Sure, they did. No, you're not unless you're. This a hooker. is New York, dude. Yeah, they're hookers. Okay. <laughs> Twenties. Right. Right. It's right. not. I don't know if you know about the twenties, Jorge, but shit like that didn't fly. They didn't even show ankles. <laughs> what the fuck right? are you talking about? Yeah, I'm talking about New York. Yeah. I've seen gangs of New York. I didn't. I saw that, but I was drunk. We talked about this before. We don't have to talk about it. <laughs> okay. Um, where was I? Hookers. Uh, yeah. So they start a union, and then uh, a, hook, a union. No, no, hookers? no. The hookers don't start no, a union. Oh. They're 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 uh. The contract. I don't know. I don't know what hookers are. Let's not get into the logistics of hookers. Okay. Um, but I don't know. They they dance and they throw newspapers and there's there's Brooklyn. They get Brooklyn involved, but Brooklyn doesn't want to get involved. But then they're like, "Whoa, we're Brooklyn. We got to get involved." Um, and then they get involved and then they lower the prices and start a kids union. And Teddy Teddy Roosevelt. Hold on. Let me get this right. <clears throat> yeah. It's about a, a bunch of kids. Kids trying to save their jobs. Yes. By unionizing, yes, and they celebrate pretty much. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for when you when you put uh, ch- children working uh, underage? Child uh, labor laws. Yeah, like <clears throat> like ch- pretty much this film celebrates under underage child labor. Yeah, pretty much. And then you know Teddy Roosevelt comes along, and we're just assuming after the credits roll, you know he starts labor laws. I'm just assuming. So they lost their jobs anyway. I mean, eventually, yeah. <laughs> 
Like that's you like they say it's a Disney happy ending, but they fucking lost their jobs, Jorge. They fucking lost them. We all know a couple years down the line, they all turned eighteen. They weren't cute anymore. They weren't doing back. They were just adults, shitty adults who don't know what to do because they didn't get a real fucking job or an education. They literally stopped going to school to sell newspapers. Yeah, yeah. They can't provide for their families. No, they didn't have families. They're orphans. Oh wow! Well, like half of them are orphans. Someone's an orphan, except yeah. the, the two rich kids. <laughs> Someone had to be an orphan Someone, in there. They were like all of them are orphans, and the kid wants to go to Santa Fe for some reason. Like, what the fuck is in Santa Fe? I don't know why you want to go to Santa Fe, bro. Do you, what's in Santa Fe, Jorge? I do not know. Never what's been in Santa Fe in twenties. A lot of a lot of desert. I guess there's trains and shit too. Maybe they had a trolley. Maybe. Trolley unit. This this Jack kid or whatever his name is, he wants to go to Santa Fe and he's singing about Santa Fe and he's like, I want to go to Santa. I'm gonna raise up enough money to go to Santa Fe. Guess what? What? Fucker doesn't even go to Santa Fe. No. Like his whole character arc was, I'm in New York. I want to go to Santa Fe. Santa Fe. Doesn't fucking go. Because he's like, you know, I don't need to go to Santa Fe. This, well, no, is my, this is my home. So they finish. They they get the labor laws. You know, or not yeah. the labor law. That, that's after they get the the, the unionize and they yeah. get what they want. Uh huh. Right. And he's like, they're like, oh, John. You need to go to... Are you really going to go to Santa Fe? What Santa Fe got that New York doesn't? And he's like, I guess I'm not going to Santa Fe. And doesn't fucking go to Santa Fe. Three of the songs have Santa Fe in their name. Damn. Right? Wow. Character art. That was very, very anticlimactic. <laughs> very. Like, you know what? I mean, they danced. And they did flips and shit. And everyone was clapping and shit. And I was like, why are people clapping for... Flip? i seen dolphins do this shit. Mm. That's more impressive. Because they don't have feet. Okay. So. Yeah. Did you enjoy it? It was cool. <laughs> what do you want me to say? It was fine. I'm not gonna go see it again. I, you know what? I'm honestly, it was cool. It was cool. That's right? it. It was if like meh. A, I'm I'm a film guy. I'm not a theater guy. I don't even know why I went to go see this. <laughs> Look, all right. So the performances were really solid. All right, like the people who were playing the bad guys. Uh, his name was Pulitzer. I don't know if that's social commentary or not. Because no. that's that's a book thing, right? Or a play thing? Pulitzer prizes. Uh, yeah, yeah. Which one? Uh, for the li- literature in general. Okay, cool. So that could be played. Anyways, like that's the main villain yeah. guy, and he's like, no, you kids can't. Fuck you kids. We're going to raise the prices up because of economics. Mm-hmm. You want to know what I had a problem with? No what? character arcs. No character arcs. Not, okay, so it is a Disney movie, right? I'm not expecting people to fucking die. I mean, they throw a crippled in jail, which is kind of cool. But, um, or, uh, uh, what did I call him earlier? Crutchies. Crutchies. They throw Crutchies in jail. He's the only one with a cool name. You know what I mean? He's the only one with a nickname. Everyone else is like John or Romeo or Kaepernick. I don't know. But <laughs> it wasn't that. Uh, but, you know, where was I going with this? Where, where, where did I lead with this? Um, yeah, there was no character arc, bro. No character arc. Like, it wasn't... It was... It was, Yeah, I get... You know, Disney's lighthearted. And had an intermission and everything. Had an intermission. I had to sit there awkwardly for 15 minutes. Oh man! You, what you didn't go out to pee or something? I think I did go out to pee. I think I texted you like fucking intermissions. Uh, I, I was like, I had to do something. Cause oh, you did text me something like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you did. I remember. Um, it was so random. <laughs> yeah, you probably didn't know. It was yeah, you know what? So an awkward person's saving grace is the bathroom. Okay. I don't know if you know that. Any yeah. awkward person will tell you like, oh yeah, if I'm ever really uncomfortable, I go to the bathroom. Well, there, I've been I've been through a lot of awkward situations in the bathroom though. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not gonna ask. Where this is this you shouldn't. Is, but that's like, a different podcast. <laughs> that's one of your interviews at that, the beginning of the that, podcast. That, that, that's hooker talk now. <laughs> yeah, right. This okay. Is, um, yeah, but like, it's just kind of. I don't know. Like, 
I didn't feel bad for these characters. Like, yeah, they were poor. They were living on like, like billboards and shit. But like, honestly, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't care for these kids. I might just be detached from like kids in general, but like, I didn't care, man. The only character arc was like <clears throat> the leader guy. He's like feeling self-conscious because this high class girl wants to date him. And he's like, no, girls like you don't date guys like me. And then they kiss and that's it. And then, like, they're going out now or something. Um, but, yeah, other than that, I didn't really give a fuck about these kids. How about the movie? How would you... How, what, what would be your rating? <laughs> I would say go see it in theaters, but guess what? You can't go buy $100 tickets. So it's worth saying. I think, yeah, you know what? Go see it. Like, if I knew the songs in advance, I think I would have enjoyed the musical numbers more. Because <clears throat> definitely, especially with La La Land, like, I knew the lyrics to the songs. I knew kind of what was going on so I did enjoy it more watching it that second time around but I'm not going to get that unless JMS Podcast wants to pay $200 for me to go to Broadway I'll talk to our accountant about that yeah talk to talk to Joe yeah be G- an accountant G- Joe at, at accounting yeah Joe at accounting okay talk to him but yeah she, she, but she don't give a fuck dude so I don't know yeah you know whatever <laughs> she's whatever okay um, and- she wears those 20s dresses that I was talking about but um yeah, no, I mean, I can see if you like light theater, light Disney theater. If you're a Disney fan, definitely go see this. All right. You'll probably like this. Well, thank you for your review of Newsies. Yeah. You're welcome. There you have it. That was Jacob Wheel's review of Newsies. Are you a theater kid yourself? Uh, let us know what you think at jmspodcast at gmail.com. Overall, if you have seen the movie, if you actually, what if you're one of those uh, few people who actually went to go see this in Oak Ridge, I would love to hear about your experience. You can email me at jmspodcast at gmail.com. Or you can just send me a message through the JMS Podcast Facebook profile page. Is it profile page or is it just page? Ah, who knows. All right, so let's head on over to our conversation with Jeremy Curry, the one and only. Bada beam, bada boom. It's a weekly podcast. Okay. What, uh, what, what is his day? Today is the 15th, 15th tax yeah. day. Tax day. Is today tax day? Yeah. Did you do your taxes yet? Nope. All right. Good luck with that one. Good luck with Uncle Sam. I haven't paid Uncle Sam in years. But um, we don't make any I'm in. I'm in poverty level. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Uh, we have something in common. Yeah. So, Can you hear yourself? Put these on? Yeah. Yeah. You, are you good? You could hear yeah. yourself? Yeah. You do me a favor. That's always, uh, you know, what, dude. <laughs> Free room and board. That's always nice. Like, like uh, at times I considered, uh, uh, like, if you ever get in a fight, like, so, some of my fears is like, oh, he could sue me, like, if I knock the shit out of him, right? Yeah. But I was like, wait, I have no assets. Yeah, you have no so, assets, and so it's a long journey. So I kind of get it. We could uh, us, you know, uh, lower class. I want to say lower class, but like poverty level people could kind of get away with it. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, they have to pay with time. 
I mean, after a while, you, they, if you if you knock somebody out and you beat somebody up, that's a that's a criminal charge. That's, oh, that's true. I, yeah. I didn't consider it by that. It's not. It's not fucking <laughs> amount of money. Yeah, U.S. <laughs> threat to society. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But Jeremy Curry, uh, thank you for coming on. Oh, you're on welcome, this man. Thank you for having me. Yeah, we met once. You don't remember, bro? I, please don't take this the uh, wrong way. I, 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 I meet do. a lot of people, but man, I'm old now. I'm 42, yeah. and I'm high all the time. <laughs> I'm high at these shows, and when you're when you're and you, when you, especially when you come up with a new comedian, or whatever you're still you're still inside your head. Even though it's a Woodhams, you know yeah. you have that joke you want to think, okay, I want to deliver it this way or that way. Sometimes, and you know you, some guys go to stand up comedy for those places to get fucking hammered, you know, and just get obliterated. I have to like be very structured with my time. So you I, take it serious at times. I mean, now I do, and now I do because it's time away from your family. Now, now they want to see money. After a while, it was an activity. It was a hobby. Then you start getting paid, and then you start getting booked, and you start getting on big shows. So you know, and you you want to keep growing. You know? Right. You know right. I mean? You don't want to sit there and regress. Now you you still consider yourself a new comedian? Um, yeah, sure. I mean, until you have thirty minutes of fire that works anywhere and everywhere. Thirty minutes of fire that that kind of takes five ten years. It, well, it could. I mean, it could. You're right. <laughs> Unless they're that good, you could just fucking yeah, or put you, them out there. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, th- I mean, because a comedian, if you want to be a comedian, I, I think you, in my opinion, you you can pay your bills doing being a comedian. Oh, I see. So, so I, once money gets involved, that's where yeah, you, you, and, you deserve and, the the comedian. Yeah. Label. Until then, I uh, you know we I, we call it an activity in my house. How <laughs> long you been doing it now? This is my fourth year. Fourth year. Yeah, but I, I really now I feel I I'll have thirty minutes of fire this year. Oh, we're not that far apart. How old are you? This is gonna be my third year. Oh, it's your third year? Okay. Yeah, I'm 27. Oh, you're 27. Yeah, I look older because I'm balding. I yeah, it's, and it's, I got the beard thing. Thank going. God for hats. Yeah, thank God for. And I don't like hats. I love hats. I'm like fuck it. I'm just gonna put it out there. I don't give a shit. Uh, I know. Oh, I hear you. I don't give a fuck either. Yeah, yeah. I don't really wear ass, but uh, but people around you care. <laughs> my buddy's always petting my hair. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but so three years. I met you at Woodhams. It's okay. I, I, actually, I'm glad that I was a figment of your imagination. Like you probably had. Oh, I probably made that guy up. I was so high and I was in my own zone. But uh, we we had a good talk. We had a good talk about. Uh, oh, I'll talk uh, about relationships and how sometimes you you fall out of love sometimes and stuff like that. Oh, I was on one of those. Yeah. You were on one of those. <laughs> I smoked that weed that day, yeah. huh? <laughs> Yeah, I can be a talker sometimes. Sometimes yeah, yeah, I can give you my point of view on shit. But but you're still happily married. Yeah, I mean I'm married. Yes, I'm ha- happily married. Yes, yes. It, you know it's I'm lucky. Yes, I am. To answer yeah. the question. Yes. How long now? Well, honestly, bro, we've never been married. We've been together for 20 years. We call each other husband and wife. I've raised her son since he was two. He's now 22. Um, he always calls me dad. So we just tell everybody we were married. You know, yeah. we did the little league thing. We did the, you know, all that stuff. The so, little league thing. Yeah, that's a sign of marriage right there. Yeah, yeah. And like, dude, I loved it. it. It was, it was the best. But now my kid's 22, so there's no more hobbies, you know, for him. So now I'm going back and fo- following my dream of stand up. I didn't do any stand up. How's that dynamic when you have a 20 year old son and he knows that you're doing stand up? It's cool. Is it? He he really digs it. He's not embarrassed by it. Well. When you're when you're when the kids 18, 19, 20, 21, they get cocky. They yeah. like to and you can just trash. I trash him. I'll trash him and his friends all all day long. And they'll just sit there and they'll put their head down and go, "You're right." Yeah. And it's fun. And, but um it's cool too cuz he can go to my shows, you know, and he sees the big shows and you know the comedy clubs and stuff and that's it, it impresses him, you know what I mean? So you you, you always 
it's hard, you know, these kids, a lot of these kids at times, they don't want to respect you. And, you know, respect is always what we're searching for as parents, as people. So to keep your kids respect, you know, uh, you know, is sometimes a difficult task. Mm. Especially uh, mine. Uh, really? Uh, did, did you already, uh, so you always wanted to have a performance kind of career? Yeah. From a young age? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. Where are you from? Where are you Fremont. Born and, born and raised. Born and raised in Fremont. Yeah. That's where all the up and coming comics are coming from right now. Really? We got Kabir Singh, got Samuel Bade, um, you got me. So yeah, the East Bay has has their thing going on. It's it really is growing. I had Arturo Regoza here uh, recently. Good kid. Uh, yeah, he has a great room at the Pepper Tree. Yes, Lounge. he does. Good guy. But but yeah, he was telling me about it. Like the the East Bay has has its uh its own shooters over there. Yeah, we have some good ones. I mean, everywhere everyone's good. I mean, it is kind of weird though how uh, comedy sometimes is is diversified by region because San Francisco can be tough. Really? Not it, really. I, I, bro, I've... I, so far, I've had nothing but good experiences. Really? As, as a, knock on wood. Like, good for you, man. I've had some I've had some rougher times hosting at Cobbs than anywhere else. Oh, wow. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Why, why is that? I don't know. Uh, I guess I don't relate with the, uh, the hipsters as much as, you know, I'm not liberal. I'm more like in your face. Yeah. I uh, well, you're blue collar for sure, definitely. And, yeah, and I think that's a common thread us comics in the South East Bay have is we definitely come from more blue collar like backgrounds. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Like we, we, and that's like a, a lot of my family. Like my family humor is all about getting your face roasting each other. Yep. Uh, so sometimes it's hard to really communicate that across with some SF uh, younger hip people. Yeah. Um, but the thing is, is if you want to do college gigs. Um, you, you, that's the, that's the dynamic. Those are the people you need to entertain because those college shows they pay you good money. Yeah. And if you can kill in those college shows for forty five minutes, mm-hmm. you can make a you can make a good living, six figures, mm-hmm. just being a, a traveling comedian, just performing at colleges two or three times a week. And I'm not even talking uh, going on the weekends, just college shows. Uh, that's where that's where the money's at. Well, it's good money. I mean, yeah. that's pretty good. And, Sometimes it's better than money than the clubs. Well, shit. If you uh, let's say you live in Arizona and you're making that kind of money, dude, you're living the you're living life. Yeah, you're living good. Not here in the Bay Area. Yeah, that's nothing. But do you ever worry uh, catering towards the that demographic of audience that in some ways it might interfere with uh, your vision as a performer or as as the aesthetic that you want to yeah be known as yeah. But when I see a crowd, man, all it goes in through my mind at that moment is I want to make this crowd laugh I don't care about the comics I don't care who else is there I just want to entertain that crowd and I because I think we all get into comedy for attention yeah and we we, we, we thrive on it we love it we lust for it whatever you want to call it but it, it's, it's for attention and, and there's nothing like when you go out there and you have that crowd and you're ripping it and you feel they cannot wait to hear what you got to say next there's just nothing like it, man. There, there, and there's nothing to fulfill that either. There's no other way to fulfill that but to go out there and do live shows. So when you see that kind of crowd, you want to have that feeling. But sometimes it's not going to happen. You know, they're not into you. Mm. You know, you and you know, especially when no one knows you, you have like one to two to three minutes to get them on your side. Yeah. Or you, they're just like, eh, mm. I don't really want to hear this guy. This is not my guy. Do you ever wonder what about the bigger picture when it comes to entertainment? The bigger picture is, um, um, I believe. Uh, is, 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 is attainable I really do um, yeah. but I mean every day you're getting better 
But yeah, I mean, but you guys got to be brutally honest with yourself, man. And uh, my mom said it the best. My mom asked me the best. I remember when I first did comedy and um, I did a show at Tommy T's and it was horrible. I was horrible. And my mom just asked me, she said, hey, Jeremy, what dollar ticket do you want to be? Do you want to be a $1 ticket where you're making the guy who's there for the free hot dogs laugh because you're telling dick jokes? Or are you making the guy who's making $100,000 a year laugh, who's bringing his date, who's spending $200 at that venue and it's no big deal? What dollar ticket do you want to be? What dollar ticket do you want to write for? And that made sense to me. That made sense to me. So sometimes if it's you know somebody who's 25 years old, I might not make them laugh because they can't relate with my humor because they don't have a kid that's 20 years old. Mm. You know what I mean? They, right. You know, and all that good stuff. So that's kind of what I, how I envision and view. And I, and I think I can, I can find that target, that audience, and I think I can be someone that they will like. That's that's. <laughs> You almost sound like a politician right now. Like, yeah, well, I got to, I got to tell. I'm married, no, no. bro. I got, you got, dude, you got to sell your wife every night. Listen, yeah. I'm going to do this show. Yeah. There's going to be four people there, but yeah. I got this one joke that I got to tweak, yeah. and it's going to happen tonight with his eyes. So, bro, trust me. If you want to go out there, out there, because my wife works at four in the morning, and she's up at four in the morning. She's leaving at five. She's coming back at five or six every day. She a nurse. She's a nurse. Yeah. So you, I'm doing some serious selling, but she's very supportive. She goes to all my shows. Tonight she'll be going with me to Oakland. Um, so and she yeah. likes the show. She she trips out on the people, man. She really she trips out on it. So it's it's fun. All right, that's that's nice. It you is get a nice. supportive person behind you. But there's also traveling involved. I mean, I have a really good friend who's um, killing it right now. He's a headliner, man. My best friend's a headliner, and he you know he takes me around. But when we go around, we're like we're going to Vegas. We go to El Paso, Texas. We go to Seattle. She can't go to all those. You know what I mean, and that also becomes a little bit of a um, an issue at times. Uh-huh. Yeah, because she wants to go along because they're so far away. No, because I don't have money to pay the bills, but I have money to go to Portland. <laughs> <laughs> Sweet man. Once again, it's the yeah. politician. I'm selling her. I'm yeah. building time out here. Yeah. You, you got to get the hearts of minds of those 25 year olds and the hearts of minds <laughs> yeah, of your, of your yeah, wife. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but yeah. All right, man. Well, let's backtrack a bit. So you were born and raised in Fremont. Yes, sir. Uh, what did your What did your parents do? What did your folks do? Dude, I'm spoiled. I have two great parents. We're still married. I lived in a great area, uh, Fremont. I grew up in suburbia. Um, my parents support everything I did. They're still married today. My mom's a teacher. My dad is a is an engineer. What kind of teacher? Uh, she started kindergarten and third grade. But before she came a teacher. Before she became a teacher, my mom did home daycare. I had 18 to 24 kids in my house every day of my life, Monday through Friday, from 6 in the morning till 6 at night. Ooh, how was that? It was awesome. Was it? Dude, I always had someone to play with. That's right. You always have friends. Dude, I had so many friends. Yeah. Oh, it was awesome. We played in the, we played in the streets. And that's one thing about cool about coming into this place. I saw kids on bikes. Yeah. Here? You don't see, yeah. You don't see yeah. that anywhere. That's true. The, everybody's into their video games now. Everyone's in their video games. So when we grew up, man, I had kids all over. We had kids in the neighborhood. So, dude, I just grew up in a pack. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So entertaining was, you know, we were always, you know, trying to starve for attention. You have 30 of you. Okay. So And then she started teaching kindergarten? Yeah. After I graduated high school, then she went back to school, got her teaching credential, and then became a kindergarten teacher. And then she taught there for like... Uh, that subject for like eight years and she became a third grade teacher and retired my mom's a legend yeah. and she taught three streets over from where we grew up did you go did you attend the i schools? went to that school was she your mom when no. she was your teacher no no because she did home daycare at that time oh, okay yeah she was a daycare provider at that yeah. time but then when after i graduated i left i left for uh, sacramento in la and my mom became a teacher 
Oh, after high school, you graduated? And I jammed. Once they stopped taking roll, I stopped going to school, man. I said, really? Well, what were you doing in Sacramento? Um, bro, when I was 18 years old, right after I graduated high school, I was one of those guys that walked around door-to-door with, actually business-to-business with calculators, thermos cups, whatever they gave us. I wore a shirt and tie with tennis shoes, and I went out for 8 to 10 hours a day, and I solicited anybody and everybody I saw. Really? And sold merchandise for seven years. And I was probably one of the best in the country doing it. You, you were a, sell, a, a, a door-to-door a, salesman. Dude, I was a peddler. Oh, man. I am a professional peddler. How'd you get into that? Bro, it, it was just, they didn't drug test. I answered an ad in the paper. Yeah. Um, and they said, uh, uh, apply today, start tomorrow. And I said, that sounds good. And they took me out one day. I walked out with this girl, and she and she was walking around with these Barbie dolls, and she made about 100 bucks in like five hours. Fuck. I said, I can do that. What, what year was this? 90? 1993. 93. So this is before the before internet, before people could buy shit on internet. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. How, was that, like, how did you comprehend that job? We were like, all right, I got to knock on these strangers' doors and, you, well, and sell this Barbie. Well, you sell this bar, but you get cash every day. So at the end of the day, I say, all right, I have enough money to buy a bag of weed and a 40. And when you're 18 years old, that's all you need. You know right. what I mean? To make 40, 50, 60 bucks. I was living at my parents' house. And then after a while, I just got really good at it. Very good at it. Wait, and, in Sacramento, are you living in your No, parents? I'm still in the Bay Area. I'm, still, still, I'm Bay. still doing this in the Bay Area. Okay. And I got very good at it, really strong. And when I was 19, they, I, they, I had a, a crew that I established and I built. Huh. And they gave me my own warehouse with my own merchandise. And I opened up an office in Sacramento at 19. Fucking hey, dude. Look at you. It was crazy. Shit. It, yeah. What was the best sell you had? Oh, uh, well, we would sell, like, the products would be 5 to 10 to 20 bucks. You're only making 1 to 2 to $3 per unit. Like, I'm giving it to the merchant. I'm giving it to the guy. Let's say, for the example, the product, we sell it in the field for 10 I give it to the guy for 8 My cost is 6 So I'm making 2 bucks every unit they sell. So, but we're moving volume every day. We're moving two to 300 units a day. And you, you were doing that for seven years? Did that for seven years. I did it in L.A., I did it in uh, Sacramento, San Diego, everywhere in the Bay Area, in California. I've knocked, I've walked around trying to sell shit. Watts with pepper spray. <laughs> Why the pepper spray? That's what we had. <laughs> Whatever they gave you, you moved. Oh, so, so you couldn't even decide the product nope. to sell. Uh, a, a big truck would show up once you're out of something and something new would come in. What's the weirdest shit that they had you sell? Oh man, we had they had to sell all kinds of shit, man. We were selling these pillow bu- these like, these Valentine bunnies in a basket of three in the middle of July. Nice. Signed Valentine's Day. How'd you make it work? Oh, it was awful. <laughs> I went from a crew of thirty guys back to four. Oh. <laughs> and the only reason the four were with me because they live with me. <laughs> oh man. So, yeah, you you would lose people on those. So why'd you get up? It's oh, a, it's just a hustle, man. It's just yeah. a rack. You can only do it for so long. You, man, you see all walks of life. I mean, you deal with, you're. I mean, come on, look at the type of people you're dealing with. That's These true. guys are willing to go business to business and sell. Dude, sometimes uh, meeting such high volume of people is not healthy. No, it's not. It's not. But it, it gave me character. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, I have very thick skin. There's nothing you. My my wife can tell me anything and everything, and it just doesn't bother me. Really? No. <laughs> and you developed that as a salesman. Yeah, you do. You're walking. People are eating lunch, and yeah. you're walking in. Hey, how's it going? Check it out. I got this watch, <laughs> and they're like looking at you like you're on crack. Yeah. yeah. And I'm. A, I mean, I'm, I graduated college. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm. I'm halfway decent looking, and they. Yeah. But that's just what we did. What college did you go to? I didn't go to college. I graduated high school. Did high I say school. I graduated college? Did yeah. I say that? Sorry. Yeah. High school. High, high school. school. To that's it. 
That's it. I tried Ohlone for like maybe a couple months and that was it. Ohlone. Dude, everybody in the East Bay has tried Ohlone at least a, a yeah. semester or two. Harvard on the Hill. <laughs> <laughs> what are we planning to study at Ohlone? Man, I always want to be a sports broadcaster. Mm. Do this kind of stuff, man. So that's why comedy is so awesome because I'm, now I'm back into it. I'm a little late to the show because yeah. a lot of these guys are doing 20, you know, start at 24, 25. I, I wish I started comedy that young. Really? Okay. Interesting. Because I figure you have an edge now that you're older. You do. You have an edge, but you don't. I mean, I mean, the, the only edge you don't have is time. That's exactly. for sure. Stage presence, time. You know, just but, going up there, not caring. But but what you have behind you is fucking experience, experience. and especially when it comes to sports, you've seen it through all. You, know, you, you can talk about reference back in the eighties. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. You know, stuff like that. And, yeah. And, and because the sports demographic, it's it's a bit older crowd. Yeah. Right. Yep. Yep. So, a lot more to do nowadays, so the kids aren't going to be as loyal to sports. Because, I mean, how old are you? You're 27. Imagine, yeah. imagine did you have Facebook in high school? Or no. Or you just missed it? MySpace was the thing. Okay, MySpace was the thing. I never was, got into that. No, it was, it was okay. I, I digged it. Did you? Yeah. But what, is it similar to Facebook? In some ways, yeah. 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 But imagine what is available now, and you're going to high school with that. How different would your life be? Mine would oh, be, be completely dude. different. Yeah. Yeah, like for me, uh, to talking about kids on the bikes, I think it was, I'm like one of the last generations to really go out there on bikes, ride around, do stupid get shit. Get lost. Yeah. Later. <laughs> get in a couple fights here and yeah, there. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Get yeah. lost. Get through the day. Go on an adventure, man. Mm. You know? So what does that mean for for you as a sports broadcaster now that you got you got pe- young people coming up who, uh, are, do you think they're less into sports since they're not as physical? Um... I don't know. I mean, there's not too many uh, kids that are 20 years old you can have uh, sports conversations with. Like, you could have had it with me when I was 20. Mm-hmm. But I'm sure they're out there. But we live in California, bro. There's so much to do out here. Yeah, there's so true. many options. Like, if you live somewhere like in New Jersey, yeah. what the fuck are you going to do? You're going to watch the, ch- the Devils. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? You know, we take that for granted sometimes. Yeah, we do. It's, uh, we got, well, you know, pretty soon we're going to have one football team. But right now we have two football teams. We got two baseball teams. We yep. got we got a pretty big hockey team. Great hockey we team. We got uh, soccer's okay. Earthquakes. Yeah. So yeah, there, there's plenty of there is a big there and should we, be a big sports culture. We win here. I mean, I'm, I don't like any of the Bay Area teams except for maybe the Sharks. Um, but look, let's take for example the Sharks. Yeah. I mean, every year they're one of the premier teams in hockey. I mean, I kind of pay attention, but I mean, I couldn't tell you who's on the team or how hockey is. But every, but yeah, what's, no one cares. What sport was your first calling? Well, I like baseball, I guess. Yeah, yeah. We, 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 I'm a diehard Atlanta Braves fan because they're on TV every day. How did that happen? Because they're on TV every day. They're on TBS. Yeah. The owner of the Braves owned TBS. So as a kid, I didn't watch Garfield. I watched the Braves, uh-huh. and they were fucking awful. <laughs> <laughs> they were terrible, man. That helped develop your thick skin. Yeah, oh, it did, man. You had a Braves jacket. You're like, oh, did you lose a bet? What happened? Why are you wearing that shit? <laughs> that that minor league team on TV? I heard it all. Mm. All right, man. So you're going around uh, the state pretty much selling whatever you can. Product, yeah. Uh, legal I, product. Legal. After seven years, they're like, all right, I'm done with this. Yep. Right? Yep. W- what did you move on to? My best friend's dad had a um, a construction company, and they sell roofing and double-pane windows. And they just took me in, and that's what I've been doing ever since. I sell roofing and windows. Mm. That's my day job. And it's a good business. Bay Area, it's very good because um, it's in demand. Always, all the yeah, time. People need the new double pane windows. We do amazing work. I mean, it's such a, it, it's such a, a, a huge traumatic improvement. Do you go around like neighborhoods judging, judging car, uh, ju- judging homes? Bro, I go around neighborhoods 
and pass out flowers and knock on everyone's door who doesn't have double pane windows or a new roof. Yeah. I still do that. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Do you get any weird reactions? Like, what are you trying to say? Uh, well, you know. See, I, I'm just trying to make your, your house better, man. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I laugh when people go, I don't need the work, and you see the shit falling down. You're like, you're right. But, I mean, you're going to, it's just not, it, they're not going to buy, so there's no reason to give them no more energy. Okay. Because you only have so much energy in a day. Right. You can't give it to that guy. Yeah. So, dude, it seems from a very young age, you were just on, on the, on like fucking, on third, fourth gear all on the, the time. On the grind, yeah. On the grind. But, did stand-up ever play a role when you were younger? No, no. Um, I didn't think about it. I mean, I always dreamt about it, but, you know, I wanted to be a sports broadcaster. And then um, it just, I just saw Bill Burr in that, that first uh, hour special. And he goes, I'm here to fuck an eight-year-old. And I was like, who is this guy? And it was awesome. And then I, I watched him, and the Chappelle shows came out at the same time. Hmm. And he was doing stand-up, and his hour came out, his two hours. And I was like, man, that would be fucking awesome to be able to be good like those guys. Mm. And I fell in love. David Chappelle and Bill Burr. But before that, it was sports casting. Who who, who were your guys then? Uh, you, probably John Madden, you know. John Chris, Madden. Chris Berman. Right. The legends. The legends. I like John Gruden. Are you into sports? A bit. A, a bit. bit. I can follow along. Gruden. I see you, I see you got a 49ers shirt on. So Yeah, yeah I do. Yeah. Okay. Are we, are we going to have a problem here? No, no I don't care. It's a nice stadium. Have you been to the new stadium? Yeah, yeah. It's it's, it's almost too nice. It, it needs some personality over time. Oh, man. It's nice. Because, I mean, the last... The Oakland Coliseum is an absolute dump. Mm. And the candlestick was a dump. So now we need something But here's nice. the thing. The candlestick, you're right. It was a dump. Every time we went, which not that much, really. Yeah. But every time we did went, I, I always enjoyed it. Like, I kind of love the history it had behind it. You know, when you go yeah. to a oh, place, yeah. there's history. Yeah. And then when, when there's a place where it's new, it's like it doesn't have that history. You're like, I mean, it's great technologically and it's great, but I, I some some things need more time to develop. But you could create authenticity. Like, look what the Giants did with their new stadium. As soon as they got that stadium built, they started winning. Hmm. That's true. That's true. The Indians. Do you feel do you feel it's related? Do you think they were, they started winning because now we have a pretty nice stadium? Yeah, I mean, as a player, you know, you play in a nice place versus a shithole. Imagine being a player. So it's a morale thing. No, it's as a player, you're 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 with a top notch organization. You know, it's like you're doing a show and you're stuck in some closet, or it's a nice ass green room. Mm. You know, you're like, man, this is nice, mm. and the other green room's a shithole. You're like, fuck this, mm. this is awful. So, but as a player, you know, you go to these other visiting stadiums where they have these nice stadiums. You're like, God, we suck. And then you get one. You're like, this is nice. This is nice. So, a lot of teams, once they got new stadiums built, have improved. Except for your Niners. <laughs> I know. I know. What, what's your team? What's your football the team? The Miami Dolphins, dude. I'm a diehard Dolphin fan. Man, you hang out with Pete Munoz a lot or something? I I try to, but he, he fights with everybody. <laughs> He's always fighting, man. He's like, man, settle down. Well, I figure you guys are like Miami Dolphins. Yeah, no, players. I love him. And Sam Marcoux, he's a big Dolphin fan. You may want to have him on your podcast or do one of his. Sure. Yeah, he's a, he, he's really into it. He's got a really good podcast. Um, funny guy, too. Very funny guy. But, yeah, we, uh, me, Pete, um, and Sam and Kabir went to uh, Seattle. We did shows in Seattle. and We saw the Seahawks play the Dolphins on week one. That was a blast, man. That was a good time. That was a good time had by all. We all sat in the same section. So that was a lot of fun. So how did it happen for you with the Dolphins? Were they also on TV a lot or something? No, no. I just liked them, man. I wish I didn't. Trust me. I wish I didn't. They break your heart, man. They what do you mean you just like them? I just loved them, man. I was a kid. Um, the color scheme? Do you like I Dolphins? Guess, I guess. I don't know. It was It was even before they had Marino. It was when they had David Woodley. They lost to the Redskins in the Super Bowl, and I remember just crying. I was so angry. I was so pissed. But yeah, and how, how old were you? 
seven. Seven? Seven years old. And you were crying over crying sports? Crying over sports, dude. Dude, crying. Was your dad into sports or something? No, no. My, my, I think I'm adopted. But also, um, as a kid, dude, I have an amazing sports card collection. That's all I did was collect sports cards. And I have old ones, man. I have every baseball card from like 1982 to like 1990. Any, every single one. Mm. You still have it? Yep. Oh, man. Uh, growing up, were, were you an only child? or do you have No, I had an older brother. But he was six years older than me, so we're not too close. Huh. And he was partying. What's he doing now? My brother had a. My brother was a phenomenal athlete, and he fucking injured his back on a dirt bike. Oh shit! And he's been suffering since. I'm sorry to hear that. Oh, it sucks. But so your 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 brother's into sports. Did you try any sports when you were younger? I was, but I just wasn't good. <laughs> I wanted to be so bad, but yeah. I just was not good. Like what sports did you try out? I played them all, man. Soccer, baseball. Uh, I mean, I was okay, but I was never, you know, an all-star or anything like that. And, yeah, yeah. and then in high school, believe it or not, man, I weighed 90 pounds my freshman year. So, uh, I mean, most kids are 150 pounds. Right, 140, right. You, you weren't no lineman back then. No, I was nothing, so I wrestled. That was a sport I could only do. Wrestling? Dude, that's a fucking sport. That is... Wrestling is hell. Dude, fuck. If you go through wrestling, you can do almost anything. Yeah. So that was a sport I did because I couldn't... Be on the baseball team wasn't big enough, strong enough. Huh. Football, fuck, I get killed. What was your record? Wrestling? Yeah. Oh, we were a good team, so I get murdered. Um, <laughs> we go to all the good tournaments. My freshman year, believe it or not, I wrestled varsity, and um, uh, we we would go to all these tournaments, man, and I would just get crushed. Yeah, yeah. It was pretty, pretty, pretty brutal. Makes it tougher though. My junior senior, I, I turned it around, but man, my first two years, man, I took a lot of beatings, a lot. Hmm. Do, were you still? I mean, to this day, do you think like you're into like MMA and stuff like no, that? No, no. I mean, I'll watch it here and there. I love I love Conor McGregor. I think he's funny. Hmm. You are you into MMA? Sometimes, sometimes not. Like I, have, I had a friend. He moved now, but like he was really into it. He kind of would take me out to, to go check out those those. Yeah, uh, if you see the fight, I mean, it's a yeah, fight. You, yeah. you can't you can't beat it. Yeah, you know. And, and I used to work as a usher, and they used to have like you know uh, lower division MMA matches at the San Jose uh, Civic. Uh-huh. So I used to work those and I used to watch those and it's it's, it's a lot of fun seeing it live. Like yeah, it's, I bet it's a whole you, I, different thing. I bet you it is. Yeah. I bet you it is. Yeah, I've never seen a, I've never seen boxing either. God, I would mm-hmm. love to see those live. So you saw those things live, huh? Yeah, yeah. And there's some like local fighters. Uh there's a guy from Mopita. Was it something Lee? Kung Lee? Those fuckers are so tough, dude. Um they're big. Like they look much bigger in person than on TV. Oh yeah. With fucked up ears and everything. Oh I know, I know, I know. You see a basketball. I, I walked by Shaq. I'm a diehard Laker fan. Yeah. And Shaq walked by me at, at Las Vegas. I instantly got mad at him. Like we should have won more. Look how big this guy is. <laughs> we should never have lost. <laughs> here I am wearing your jersey, yeah. and here I am seeing you face to face. We should have never lost with a guy this big. Uh, he was huge, huge. Yeah. But when they're on TV, they're, they're all they're all tall, so they all I seem know. like you know normal size. They're phenomenal athletes, man. They're mm-hmm. phenomenal human beings. All right. All right, but anyway, you're, you're now, ever since then, you stuck with uh, roofing and, and windows. Yep. And then you saw Bill Burr. Yep. It was Dave like, Chappelle. Bill so, Burr. This is like 2000s, early I 2000s. I guess. Yeah. What, what, what year are we in? Yeah. We, we are in 2017, as far as I know. So probably two, 2012? No way. Yeah. I've only been doing comedy for four years. I know. But Chappelle show came out like in oh. Four or oh five. Okay, and then I got the DVDs oh, come out, <laughs> so I didn't watch them live. Yeah. yeah, was that that that? Has it been that long? Fuck it. Let me, you know what? I got the the power of the internet. Yeah, ahead of me. Well, yeah, bro. I mean, I'm sure I saw. I'm sure I saw the Chappelle shows in the so maybe 2010. I saw Burr and uh, Chappelle because was it 2013? I uh, started comedy. Yeah, huh? Somewhere on there. 
And your first place you went to was a club. Tommy yeah, I went to Tommy T's in Pleasanton. I've yet, I've yet to go over there. Yeah, I tanked. Oh, it, it, bro, if you want to do comedy and you want to, you know, yeah, Chappelle show from twenty two thousand three to two thousand six. Okay, so I started watching two thousand seven, two thousand eight. So man, isn't that terrible? Charlie Murphy passed away. Yeah, man, that's that's terrible. That's weird. Like it is weird. He, I mean, he he was kind of young. He was fifty seven. Fifty seven. Yeah, and I had no idea that he had leukemia. You got to get yourself checked, man. No matter what, no matter who you are, you got to get yourself checked. I mean, a big one, a big uh, eye opener for me was Patrick Swayze. Really? Yeah. I mean, cause I, he, I was he, knew he had prostate cancer. Huh? He had prostate cancer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I mean, here's a guy that played Roadhouse. He was, you know, just killing it in the movies. Great shape, great thing. And then before he died, he looked like a withered, beaten, yeah, man. But then you got people like Don Rickles. Like who uh, lived up to drink? I know. Living man. up to ninety, still killing it. Uh, that's right. I said, I pray of Don Rickles. I pray of Don Rickles. I'm not Patrick Swayze. I'm Don Rickles. I know. Oh, I know. What was that? Did I not? I might have hit something. No, that was me. That's the spirit of Don Rickles. Yeah. He's like, don't even even if the after, in the afterlife, don't make fun of me. Did you see the Jimmy Fallon tribute he had to him? <sighs> I'm not really a fan of Jimmy Fallon. Neither. Well, really, he's actually pretty good, dude. But um. When you get a chance, check it out. Well, sometimes it's not it. about if they're good or not. It's just about. I'm weird, dude. I, I for me to really get into something, I need to have something like emotionally attached to it. Okay. I don't know what it is, uh, but I'm not saying you. I mean, yeah, he's good. I guess he he has his own fucking show. I can't yeah. can't deny that. Yeah. Why? Why? What tribute did he? He make? did it. He. Uh, I won't. He just did a tribute did, on. Uh, he talked about Don Rickles, and he had some really good stories. And they're pretty funny. Did you say? Did you see the Jimmy Kimmel one though? That one got to me. Oh fuck. Maybe it was Jimmy Kimmel. Oh, then we're talking about a whole different person. Then. Yeah, it was the Jimmy Kimmel one. We talked about passing the ketchup. Yeah. Where uh, Frank Sinatra threw the ketchup against the wall in the all white. Uh huh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Was, I'm sorry. Yeah, it wasn't Jimmy Fallon. It was Jimmy Kimmel. Jimmy Kimmel. Because I, I like Jimmy Kimmel. I like him all. He, he's the guy who dated uh, Sarah Silverman. Did he? Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, I, okay. Let me show you a picture of each, just to make sure. You oh, get I know this who right. I'm talking. I know Jimmy Fallon. I know who Jimmy. Fallon. He was Saturday Night Live. He did that movie with uh, um, Drew Barrymore, where he was a Boston Red Sox uh, fan, and he, he, she fell in love with him. And he was a cool ass teacher. And then Jimmy Kimmel is a fuck. Um, he guys. He's he's uh, Adam Carolla and the Man Show guy. Oh yeah. Yeah, I know who they are. Okay, good. I know they are, and they're both stars. Am yeah. I like Daniel Tosh? Yeah, I think Dan Tosh. Is he great? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But for you, though, so what was your angle when you first started doing comedy? I just figured I had a, had a good sense of humor on, on the outlook of shit. You know what I mean? And let me just make this shit work. And let me just, here's my view. Here's how I think things are, you know. Like, what were some subjects that we were talking about? Well, you know, raising kids, you know, raising a family. I, you know, I, I, my wife is Mexican. You know, I'm the only white guy in the family, you know, living with Mexicans. I, I talk about how that is and, you know, and, and stuff like that. So I make it funny. You know, sometimes you rub people the wrong way because they say it's, um, what's the word? Racist. But it's not racist. It's not. It's actually... Not what kind just, of shit were you saying? No, if I said, fuck this Mexican person, that's racist. But I was like, if you marry a Mexican girl, you, she probably comes with a kid. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's an right. observation. Right. So, right. but... Well, people, people, some people, um, they they judge a joke by the matter and not by the, by the point that you're trying to make across. Oh, I know. You know, like you say... It's all about context. I mean, we could, I talk about this forever. I know, but but people, especially, which is why I'm surprised that you 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 got some of that flack in the East Bay, because I feel like a lot of that East Bay South Bay kind of get away, 
SF, I understand some mm-hmm. people getting you know on on your on your case about it, but that that really ha- you got flagged for it in fucking Pleasant Sa- No, I, I was actually at the San Jose Improv. A Hispanic lady came down and I, I I felt her coming towards me, and she came right up to me after my after the show, and she's like, I didn't like what you said and how you said it, and all her friends came from behind her and said, Don't listen to her, you were funny as fuck. And that was it, you know. She was you're drunk. not, bro. You're not gonna make everybody happy, and I'm, I'm, I'm very aware of that. Dude, that that's something that I still have to deal with. So, so that's like, like, all right, no, I'm not gonna make everyone happy. Not everybody's gonna laugh. Nope. Nobody's gonna think I'm. I'm nope. I'm, you're gonna be funny. Nope. And to this day, that kind of haunts me. Cause, cause I totally judge everything for from that one person's not laughing. I'm like, fuck, I'm not funny I at know, all. I know. But here's here here's how I um, use that analogy real quick. I don't think Louis C.K. is funny at all. I don't. If I want to fall asleep, I'll listen to stand up. That dude is the biggest star in stand up. Hmm. There you go. You think Louis C.K. cares if I listen or watch or like him? No. <laughs> not one bit. Not one bit. Okay. So whatever. You know, we all have our guys. So. That's that's a good point. To, yeah, that's very good. Uh, I love Louis C.K. Yeah, most uh, people do. I'm I am the minority. I don't think he's funny. But but hold on though, you're I don't think you're in the minority. I think too many people like Louis C.K. I love Louis C.K. But sometimes I feel like some people are into him because they have to be into him. And I'm not talking about comics necessarily. I'm talking about like average people. Mm-hmm. It's like who's your favorite comic, Louis C.K. Why? Because he has a show. It's like so what? Like what what is it yeah. about him? It's like I don't know. I just, I just like Louis C.K. He gives me hope. Look at him. <laughs> I should love Louis C.K. I should be like, that's my number one guy. Because he's an unattractive, fat, balding guy like me. and uh, uh, But he's killing it. But I don't I don't think he's funny. Hmm. Whatever. But who cares? He doesn't care. He's selling out arenas. Hmm. You know, he's a big time uh, ticket. So that's how I view it. And that's how I take it. You're not going to make everybody happy. But it's like, bro, I'm married. You know, and not every day I make her happy. <laughs> That's true. That's true. So, it's just same path for me. Same path. Hmm. So you bombed the first time, Tom and T's, but yeah. you still catch the bug. Well, um, well, I want to redeem myself. I wasn't prepared. I had no idea what I was doing. I didn't write anything. I just went up there and said, hey, "I'm funny," and I went to t- I went the total wrong way about it. But I had a buddy that I was doing it with, and he wrote out his sets. And then at Tommy T's, what they do is they take a top five. So after the third time, my buddy made the top five. And I wasn't even doing four minutes. I was running off after two and a half. Like, I can't do this. I'm out. And But I saw how he structured his, he wrote it down. And so I just started writing. You know, it took me a minute. But then you start writing. And you just build your time. And if, uh, if you got any newer comments that are listening to us, you know, you, you just build five minutes. And you make five into six. You make six into seven, seven to eight. And you keep making that first five minutes better. And that's what you do. And you keep... You know, you build your time, you build your time, you build your time. And that's what I've done now. I just build my time. But I want it to be quality. I don't like going up there. Just because you do 20 minutes and 10 of it sucks, that's not doing 20 minutes. That's boring people for fucking 10 minutes. I don't want to go there and bore people. I want people to laugh. I want people to be entertained. So if I got 10 minutes, I'll do eight. Hmm. And that's that's just how I've approached it. Because you always want to leave them wanting more. And you always want to, uh, you know... Feel good about yourself. It's it's good to feel good about yourself. But okay, now let's keep stretching it. Let's keep stretching. Let's let's. Where can we make this into another minute? Where can we make this joke better? So, uh, Willie Barsena gave me some really good advice. He goes, bro, tape every single set you do, and then after the show, you listen to it and you act like you spent twenty five dollars on this CD and you rip it apart. Yeah, but it's good. <laughs> it's a good way to look at it. You know what I mean? So you don't believe the hype either. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And you become your own worst critic. 
But you know, we're also you. I think we're also are always are going to be our own worst critic, right? Right. Are you? Yeah. I am. Yeah. Like people, you did well. You did well. You did well. And I was like, fuck no, I didn't. I should have done better. Yeah. I could have ripped this place, and I didn't. Yeah. I I, I lost a. I want to say fans, but I lost a couple of followers. I was like, oh, you did great. I was like, fuck you. What do you mean I did great? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Never heard from them again. I know. I know. But we also got to remember that it's not easy doing what we attempt to do. Oh. You know, go up there and just make people laugh. Think about it for a minute. I mean, you're going up there, all eyes are on you, and you're responsible to try to entertain and make these people laugh. That's not easy, man. It's not. How long did it take to develop this work ethic? A year. A year. I've 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 approached comedy as an activity. It's not been my every, like way of life because you know I have mouths to feed. Right. You know what I mean. I can't just co cohort do comedy. You know I have to make a certain amount of money, or I'm homeless. <laughs> so I like eating, as you can tell. Mm-hmm. So, Thanks two of us. Yeah. And I gotta wipe that cooks, so I gotta bring home the groceries. Yeah. But it's a good work ethic to have, and it's like in the span of four years, you're already hosting at Cobb's. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's quite an achievement, man. Well, I mean, a lot has to do with um, my best friend is Kabir Singh. <laughs> Net- <laughs> Networking? Yeah, well, he dominates the Bay Area. I mean, that guy's a star. You know who Kabir is? Yeah, I heard yeah, of him. Yeah, he's good, man. So he, 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 he takes me with him everywhere I go, and, he, and, he, and he's cool about it. I bring my wife on the road with him, and here's a single guy who's 30, 31, headlining major clubs, and he's bringing this 41-year-old and his wife and he, a few times. That's pretty cool, man. Oh. Not many headliners would, would do that. He'd be like, nah, I want to hang out with this guy because he's going to you know, be a lot more funner after the show versus this guy. You know, This guy's probably going to go home and do some quilting or something, some knitting. So that, that, that's what's cool about him, man. He, uh, he's, he understands what I have, and he's still good with it. How'd you guys meet? Just heard about him, and I finally saw him, you know, and I was like, yep, that's what comedy looks like. Because we're from Fremont. I did comedy for a while, and people asked, do you know this guy, Kabir Singh? I had no idea who he was, and I guess he was on a, a tour in Europe. And then he came back to Tommy T's one night and I went and checked him out. And I was like, that's what a comedian looks like. I wasn't impressed with everybody that was, I'm, I was seeing at the time. You know, this guy's this, this guy's that, you know. But I was like, okay, that's what a star looks like. And that's what I want to be. I want to be like that guy. Kabir dominated, he dominates rooms. Mm-hmm. He attacks. And I was like, that's the way I want to be. And not everybody, and I'm not saying that style needs to be the style you need to have. You know, every style is different or everybody has a different style but that is the way I am because I'm being a peddler being a commission roof and window salesman yeah you know you're on the offensive you're on the desperation (laughs) it's fourth and ten as soon as you wake up every day (laughs) as soon as you wake up Monday morning it's fourth and ten and you have no timeouts man and the clock is running you gotta make plays I also know that you are working with your friend Samar Koo on the podcast uh, you, you got you got a whole segment going on. Yeah, yeah, pigskin, yeah. Uh, the pigskin roast. How did that come about? Can you weigh in about how you got involved with podcasting and how it developed to what it is now? Uh, Sam is is like you, just a brilliant guy with you know with oh, this thank stuff. You. Oh, you're welcome, man. I'll this is it. awesome. No, this is sweet. Um, and um, he's good at it. he's good at editing, and um, he's got a he has a show called Predictably Drunk, and he would do these skits every week where he would 
take like four or five shots and of this worst alcohol combination you would ever see in your life. And if he, if he could handle it, the Dolphins were going to win. If he puked it up, the Dolphins were going to lose. But And that's how he did it. But he would like dress like, like we're playing the Eagles this week, and he'd dress up like a Neil, walk, walk, and then do a couple little segments. Check it out, man. It's predictably drunk. He, he, it's brilliantly done. It's brilliantly done. And then, you know, we got into comedy. We were friends before comedy. We, him and I were friends before this. And so, and then he's like, "Hey, I want you to try this," and we and he, we did some skits. And then, you know, it's like, like everything else; it's hard to stay consistent with something. But we're gonna try it this year. Every week, be uh, I'm gonna do it with my pigskin roast, and um, and he's gonna do the show every week. But it's 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 dynamite, and he's got a major, major Miami Dolphin following, major, hmm. major. And he also um, he's got a, a all pro uh, former um, Dolphin tackle gonna be on his show this Monday night. He's also a big Dolphin fan, huh? He, yeah, he's a huge Dolphin fan. Sam Marcoux, good guy. Jesus. So, I know. You guys do exist around here. We do. There's like four of us. <laughs> <laughs> What's cool about being a Dolphin fan, too, is like you can go to a Raider game yeah. and you can wear your shit because everyone thinks we're fags so they don't beat us up. You know what I mean? It's like a hate, <laughs> it's like a hate crime if you beat up a Dolphin fan. You know, right. Here we come in our, our teal right. or aqua or orange. But it's a different thing when you're a Chargers fan. Though, yeah, right? yeah. We're, well, we're not Chargers fans. We're Dolphin fans. So it's okay to wear our stuff because we tell them it's a hate crime. You whoop our ass here, man. You're fucking looking at some serious fucking charges. <laughs> oh, man. But in some way, that's pretty close to what you want to do originally, mm-hmm. the sports casting. Mm-hmm. Uh, because your segment is you talk about what do you talk about as a comedian or on uh, on the on the segment on the podcast? Oh, um, I talk. Um, well, another one of my great things is that I'm a horrible sports gambler. What do you mean by that? I lose oh. <laughs> repeatedly and just keep opening that door. <laughs> this week's mine. So um, I do like a a segment of me pick, picking games. And me losing like the week before, and it shows me getting beat up by bookies and all that good stuff. <laughs> How long have you been uh, sports gambling? Oh, all my life, man. Yeah, all my life. You just think you're you. I mean, it's it's when you have action, man. There's there's nothing like it, man. When you place that bet, that moment where you place that bet. There's a high behind. There's it? a high behind it, bro. But, like that, I made that. Like your heart just gets another shot of adrenaline. I don't know what it is, but there's nothing like it. There's nothing like. It. I've calmed the way down. I mean, I used, I've I gotten out of hand. Uh, can you weigh in a bit more about it? Because for me, when when someone gambles in casinos, like you're kind of at the behest of the house, and you're at the behest of luck mm-hmm. and probability. But when it comes to sports gambling, you're at the behest of the coach, of the players, of a, of a whole bunch of things. Luck, luck, luck. You are counting on luck. Um, I don't know if you've gotten this yet, but I'm a, I'm pretty much a dreamer. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know if you noticed this. I've done door to door sales. Yeah. <laughs> Sell roofs and windows, and I'm doing comedy. Yeah. Um, I'm a dreamer, but um, it's fun, man. It's it's it's, it's just, there's nothing like having action, but there's nothing worse Sunday night when you know you owe the bookie nine hundred dollars and you wasted your whole week to get to that point. Mm. It is a sickening feeling. Sickening. Mm. It's gross, but. One thing, though, is when I lose money like that gambling, that next week I become the greatest salesman in the world because I'm so angry with myself, and I go out there and I sell work like it goes out of style. Interesting. Yeah. So you, you, in some ways, you, you, when, when you have a fire under your ass, that's when you're most active. I'm pissed because yeah. that's good money. That's $900 that you just give to this some dick that you drive in a nice car because you suck. Mm. Oh, it's 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 a it's a worse feeling in the world, man. 
it's sickening. But like I said, it does light a fire in my ass. And the next week, man, I'm out there hustling. Do you play that to comedy where you bomb at a set? You're like, fuck, next week I got I got to do even better. I got to yeah. make up for that bombing. Of course, of course. But you just learn from it. You know, like where where why did I bomb? Where did I bomb? What could I have done differently? Absolutely, you have to. I mean, if you want to be a professional comedian, I mean, this is that's it's your craft. Right, right. And that's kind of kind of the missing component a lot of people have locally, at least. Not locally, everywhere locally. Was when you're first beginning out, you're doing it for fun. You're trying to develop a voice. But there's no real strategy to mm-hmm. building a craft. Mm-hmm. A, a, a set, a pitch, whatever you want to call it. You're building a set. You want to have a 30-minute set, an hour set. You know, you, you know. And the thing is, once you do that, a 30-minute set, that's gone. Now you have to do an, a whole new hour. You know, because you're you, you're gonna become a headliner, and because because of the age of YouTube and Yahoo, once they see your shit, they don't want to go to a show and see that again. They saw that. So when you become a headliner, you know you have to have at least an hour and a half of great material mm. wow uh, what else are you working on recently just doing shows man I, I mean uh, I'm, I'm just opening uh, for Kabir a lot uh, we just got back from Portland Oregon we're going to be in Vegas for a week September 15th or uh, May 15th to 22nd do you dig the Portland crowds I dig every crowd man they're people bro. except for SF I love every no I, dude I see SF as a challenge and I'm like fuck that I'm going to get these guys I'm going to find a way you got me worried now man you got me worried why you're, you're, you're here telling me that you had trouble in SF, and I'm like, I had no trouble. I was like, wait, what does that mean? What am I doing wrong? Nah. If a guy like you who strategizes, who's hustling nah, and bustling nah, nah. ten times more than I am, no, nah, they they like have connections in higher places than I do. It has nothing to do with it, man. Because once you go on stage, man, all bets are off. You know, and that's the good thing about being on stage. No one knows who you are. You can be anybody you want to be. And that's what's cool about comedy. You go up on stage. That's true, but I, there, there's been times where I've, I've been somebody I'm not, and I just hate myself even more for it. Then that, but you tried it. And now you know. Hmm. You know what I mean? You know That's not me. That's not what I want to be about. And that's it. Andrew Dice Clay. I mean, he was never... He wasn't Andrew Dice Clay when he first started. But that's the character that everyone liked. So he became that guy. Because he was doing a bunch of different characters. And then... But that character with the, the, the nursery rhymes... Da, 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 people started putting money in his pocket. So he became that guy. You know what I mean? That's how he paid his bills. And he became a, a big time star. Um, I don't think that's the guy he really wanted to be. But... You know, he's got mouths to feed, and this is his ticket out. So, you know, that's... You never know how it's going to go. See, that's a very interesting notion. Because uh, a part of me is like, there's the artistic side of things, the artistic uh-huh. side of your craft, uh-huh. and and the whatever messages it is you want to convey to the people that, that relates to you. Then there's like, well, fuck. Fuck that. I need to make money now. Gotta pay bills. I, I, I gotta do anything I can that works. So man, do you feel there's a balance that you have to reach? Hopefully, is is that the goal here? Well, let me ask you a question. If you're creating something that you may not like, but people like, and it's making you money, isn't that art? I don't know. That's a very good question. It is art. I, I got mixed feelings about it, that. It, it, might, it, not, it, it might not be your art, but it's somebody else's art. But it's still art. Very good question. I I really don't know how to feel about it because it is art. You could say it's art because you, you made something. Something was created it's out there. And there's, there's money behind it. But if it's something that you did not want to do and you don't enjoy the process of doing it, then then it's... I mean, I don't know, man. Would you rather go up on a roof and work for $20 an hour? Or would you rather be in a comedy club being fucking... Having everybody kiss your ass and make good money and, 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 and work an hour or two and have some free drinks? Or do you want to be the guy, well, it's not art, so I'm going to go dig ditches for 10 hours a day. Mm-hmm. You want to be that guy? 
Either or, if I'm happy, if, if I'm happy, if you're happy, yeah, it doesn't I, matter. Absolutely, if you're happy digging ditches and that that shit, then do it. But that's my point. Is 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 what if what if you are but that it's a guy? Job, but it's a job. Most people go do their job. They don't like their job. Right. They go and do it. Right. So when you're on that level where comedy is putting food on the table, it's a job. So you have to sometimes, you know what? You have to put this is a job. This is what I have to do. This is what this is what people are paying for. My concern with that is I feel that opens a door uh, into falling out of what you what you creatively love. Because now you're not thinking about the craft anymore. You're thinking more about the business side of it, no. which is always important. I understand that. But long-term-wise, I, I, me personally, I worry about that. It's like, how long can I keep this up uh, for the sake of paying my bills and no longer about I enjoy doing this and the process? Well, you, but at, the, at, the, at that time, though, most people, most comedians develop a fan base. And then you have other avenues now of, of, of putting your style on, on the fan base because they're, 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 now they're willing to listen to you. They're going to give you 10 minutes. So you can go off to your artistic style and see if that starts working, because you have people are going to start listening because now you have fans. Yeah. So you can play you can you know play the banjo for a little while, you know, and then once you get it good and you got a, you got a crowd, then you can start shifting off another way and see <laughs> how it works. Banjo to guitar. Right? Yeah, see and see how it works. You know what I mean? And you can see how that goes, and you, you and you may start and you may build a different type of crowd, a different type of uh, audience. But now you're doing your art, but you have to build. You have to start from somewhere. That's right. You, you got to build an audience. You do. And you got well. You got to build. You got to build a uh, a presentation that 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 audience is like. You know. You got to be somewhat entertaining. Mm. How far uh, do you feel like you 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 got your your audience? Do you feel no, like you, not no, yet? Not at all. <laughs> not at all. No, but I mean, I haven't put really anything out there on on the uh, social network or anything like that because I want it to be good. And once I put that out there, that stuff people are seeing. So I need to come up with new stuff. Mm. So I, I want quality, man. You know what I mean? Like I, I sell somebody a roof. Yeah, I gave him a dirt cheap price, but if the thing falls apart in a year or two, I'm in trouble. Right. So I need to put a quality roof on this guy's house that's going to last 30 years. This is what he's paying for. So I, I you know, I like I, I, I want it to be really, really good. But again, I'm I'm my own worst critic. But I know what I but I also know what I want. I guess I guess I maybe I am agreeing with you in a sense because I know what, what I want my audience to be. There you go. Yeah. So I think you did actually open my eyes. Oh, did I? Maybe. maybe. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Well, dude, dude, you got it on lockdown. I mean, you're doing great stuff. You're traveling. You're doing what you love. Yeah. You got supportive people behind you. Yeah. Uh, now. Do you ever, was there ever a moment where you did not think being here was a possibility? Being where? Where you are now? Absolutely. Absolutely. I pinched myself. Like, what was rock bottom for you? You were like, fuck, I gotta get out of this shit and actually do something. Oh, in my life? Sure. Um, I was cooking the books for my roof and window company and the, 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 the police came and knocked down my door and took all my computers and that was a pretty bad day. Whoa, whoa. What's the story <laughs> behind that? Hold on. Whoa. So you were cooking. Why, why were you even cooking the books? Because you had to sell work, man. Um, I had when I had this company, Bay Area Home Improvements, man. My overhead was like twenty, thirty thousand dollars a month. Dude, I had two houses. I had a Hummer. I was living a lie, a big fat lie. I was, and I was miserable. And what I was doing is I was paying roofers on workers' compensation percentages that were illegal. So, like, let's say you did a roof for me, I would my workers' compensation uh, payment. 
towards a, a worker two workers comp I put you down as a salesman so if I paid you a hundred bucks one percent of that had to go to workers comp right. if you were a roofer I would have to pay thirty percent so I'm having if I had roofer that my workers comp would have been like twenty thirty thousand dollars a month and I was doing an eight to ten I'm not the only one who's doing it a lot of people were doing it right. some people weren't covered but I got I got hit yeah. but I was selling roofs at a um, at a pretty high level pretty high rate I mean we were moving them but I mean I had a business that uh, just went downhill me and my two best friends opened it we started it and they weren't married I was and they were partying and in that industry you can sink like yeah no tomorrow man and I sunk I and, saw. and you you kind of saw the smoke. You you kind of saw. No, the, you, I was the, living. The I was living coming. a lie. Well, no, no. I just I, I I bro. It was just bound to happen. And I don't know what I was looking for. It was actually a blessing in disguise. It took. It gave me a chance just to breathe. I was living a lie. Lost my house. I had a house in San Ramon. I was paying five thousand dollars a month mortgage every month. Had a Hummer, and I just I didn't feel good about it. I, I was like, this is this is not right. This is not this right. is not earned. So how much time do you do? I didn't do any time, man. Um, they they want money. <laughs> At the end of the day, that's what they want. Yeah, yeah and, you know it cost, <laughs> but it cost them money for me to be in jail. Mm. You have to feed me. You have to clothe me. Right. So I just pay them. I pay them every month. I I got an attorney. It cost me probably fifteen thousand dollars in legal fees, and until the day I die, unless I become a star, I'll owe the state of California money. Mm. Is that is that like a reminder to push yourself even farther? Yeah, is, is that the fire under your ass? That, no, like, I, I I think it's just a reminder of just don't live a lie, man, and just live live by your means. Yeah, live by your means, and it's okay to be at peace. I'm at peace now. Yeah, and there's and there's no, um, there's no price on that. Fuck you. There's people who live a lifetime without having that peace. Yeah, I mean, dude, there's a lot of fucking people living that lie, and I got caught into it. I got I was dead wrong, and I'm glad it happened to me. And it happened. I mean, it's public record. You could go look at it. I'm no fucking angel. Hmm. It's amazing. Yep. It's but I, it's what I was doing. I'm not fucking happy for you, man. That's good. That's all right. I, I mean, mean, I'm not happy that happened. No, 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 no. Don't be happy, happy for me. But, be happy if I make it big time right. and my wife doesn't have to work five days a week. She's working today, so I can come. She got it at five this morning. Go get her. She's like, "What are you doing? Well, I'm gonna watch Shameless yeah. for two two shows, and then I'm gonna." Take some bong rips, <laughs> and then I'm gonna go to San Jose for a podcast. Get excited! <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually gonna go to work after this, though. I'm gonna oh, go man. knock on doors, dude. Thank you for coming. I was that good? Yeah. Was that okay for you, man? That was amazing. All right, I appreciate it. Thank you. You, you, for... you came here. Always a plus. This is not an easy place to uh, find. To uh, you. first off, it's not. tell people you're in a fucking mobile park would be a a good help. Well, <laughs> I forgot to tell you that. I, yeah. I, t- I tell people I'm in the community and to park at the uh, yeah. at the uh, basketball court, and I just go pick them up from there. But dude, I had just been. Hit. I hear you. My I bad. hear you. That's but my, my bad. No, no, no. But my GPS fucked me because I wrote seven six nine. I'm whatever. Um, sorry, <laughs> dropping your address to the world. No. Um, that's I, not my address. By the way. Oh, whatever it was, I wrote the right. Ad- I ha- I typed in the right address, yeah. but my GPS sent me to ten houses down. Again? I mean, I get. That's did, what it was. Did you use Google Maps? Yeah. Yeah. I should have told you. My bad. That's my. It's all right. That's on me. Because uh, for some reason, Google Maps sends people on the other side of the community to like a laundromat over there. Bro, that's what they did. Yeah. <laughs> but, but then I, 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 one time, who was, I think PX, she actually found the house. Like, boom. I was like, what did you use? She goes, oh, I used Waze. Oh, yeah. PX. Like, oh. Yeah. She's, she, isn't she sharp? Isn't she a good person? Oh, she's amazing. She is amazing. She's yeah. killing it. 
Have you have you been to her new room yet? No, not yet, not yet. Um, what rooms do you usually go to? Which practice your stuff? Um, Woodham's is good, bro. Yeah, Woodham's. but I, I I like it. I don't like the seven thirty to nine thirty because I'm selling at that time, so I can't really do rooms. If I I'll do a show if I'm getting paid, but if I'm not, I can't do rooms because that's when I'm selling roofs and windows. That's when people are home. Right. That so makes I, sense. okay, so I, that's why I like Woodham's because he runs it after nine o'clock, so I can come in there after nine. Do my work shit and then come, but um, normally I, I I go Tommy T's once a week. Um, I, I usually find stage time there, so that's where I practice my shit. Caravan? Uh, not recently. I used to love that place, um, and uh, that lady Rachel Warner is an awesome person, man. Yeah, she lets guys like us. Well, that's a great thing about Woodhams and Caravan. Amanda, yeah, Amanda Cunningham and uh, Rachel Warner. Yeah. Dude, those, those ladies are, are angels. They're man. like the bedrock of those mics. Yeah. I mean, it's cool they do that, man. I mean, think about it. I mean, think about yeah. all the shit they've seen, the comedy they've had to yeah. endure, and they let it happen every week. I have a whole different thing. I run for Scotty, and we, we just... You're we, the one who runs for Scotty? Yeah. Okay. And, how do I get on that? And, uh, uh, one, anytime you want. Okay. Oh, all you had to do was come on this podcast, and boom, you're in. I'm just that's kidding. Sit. <laughs> and, and, no, I've heard of that one. That's the one that's uh, like in a, uh, in a coffee shop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, our, so Noah this, goes there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so you know the turnover of baristas is is constant. <laughs> oh, I know, I know. They're like, we're not listening to this shit no yeah. more. <laughs> no, I tell people, it's like, hey, these baristas heard everything. Yeah. And what days is, is for Scotty's? Wednesday nights. Wednesday nights. Stop them by. I'll give you a late set. I appreciate that. Yeah, I would uh, love to do. That. I would love to do that. Thank you. Do, do, can you get there by nine thirty? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can get there by eight, eight thirty. But like, because if if it's not dark. And I don't have an appointment. I'm gonna knock on doors. Yeah, because you know it's still light. Yeah. So I'm knocking on doors because I need to get sales. Because when I sell a roof from windows, then it really, really makes the month mm. happen. I hear, man, you got to hustle. Got to make a living out there. I do. I, I'm a commission salesman, man. And that's the next thing I'm gonna start talking about is I'm gonna start bringing my 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 life experience and who I am to my comedy. What I've learned for the first four years is just how to be funny, how to have stage presence, how to deliver the joke. Now how to write a joke how to see the jokes um, and now I'm seeing them and now they're now they're coming out of me now they're, now it's like I'm in attack mode you, you got that muscle all toned I'm ready out. to attack like Kabir you know mm-hmm. I was there's times where I used to be nervous not anymore yeah. now it's time to attack and that's where you want to be is you want to be attacking because you know that you're going to sell yourself you're going to you're going to sell it on, on stage you're going to you're going to give them you mm-hmm. You know, and I'm, 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 and that's another I'm edge you have, man. That. You have that salesman muscle with yep. you, and a lot of comics don't have that salesman yep. muscle. Yep. Uh, if I don't sell this job, I'm not making money. I need this motherfucker to buy today. Hmm. Yeah, I'm gonna get a deposit out of this guy. And yes, it, it, we're we're animals. We're animals. Uh, one story, and I'll get out of here. I know you, I'm you, I'm pulling you up. No, I, no, I just did. No, I just no. did the punchline, man. And I yeah. looked at the show. It was a Sunday night. I got on. I was very excited. And I saw the crowd. I was like, I'm going to fucking murder this place. And for some reason, I changed my approach. And Victor Cruz Perez came up to me. He goes, how do you think you did? I said, man, I don't think I did well at all. He goes, yeah, you just weren't Jeremy. I was mm-hmm. getting laughs, but I just didn't do what I should have done. He goes, yeah, dude, you just weren't you. We CP with his wisdom, man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Victor Cruz, man. That was cool of him. And I like when comics tell you yeah. that. You know what yeah. I mean? They're not, you know. And they're not bullshitting you. They're not bullshitting you. Yeah. And um, but he, but he but Victor Cruz is a good guy. But he like he genuinely like he genuinely cared. Like he wanted to share that with me. He's like, hey man, I know you're better than this, and that was cool. And that's why I, I like guys like Victor. And I, you know, and those guys are rare. Mm-hmm. They are. 
they're rare and, and a lot of guys are sensitive like I thought you'd come in and call me I could talk about your mom and your sister and you'd be like laughing at it and talk about my hair nah you can't do that man these guys get upset <laughs> you're like whoa comics? yeah getting lot, roasted getting trashed you know they uh, a lot of them are very very insecure. they're in the wrong line of business then. <laughs> yeah and I was like oh you're gonna make it <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious. You need, as a comic, you need to develop a tough skin. You, oh, absolutely, absolutely. And there and there's a lot of them. And there's a lot of good ones out there. We, we're, I think the Bay Area comedy scene is the best. I think we're lucky to be in the Bay Area because it seems like for the most part, Monday through Sunday, if you looked high and low, you can find a place to do a mic, mm-hmm. and you could probably get yourself five to eight minutes, and that's pretty fucking cool, man. We're lucky. I think we're very, very lucky. Yeah, I agree. So good, good people like Pete Munoz and. Victor Cruz and Terry Dorsey and all those guys putting up rooms. Terry Dorsey, that guy's a hustler. Hustler. That guy's a hustler. Yeah, and then there's a hundred of them I'm not mentioning right now, but um, that's cool, man. That's cool. DNA, Santa Cruz. I met him a couple times. I did his room. Yeah. Yeah, Nice guy. Very nice guy. Yeah. Yeah, very nice guy. So we're lucky to have those kind of people. And and those guys are always searching for more rooms, for more rooms for us to do. Dude, for Scotty, I'm, I'm, uh, for Scotty's all I got right now. That's all I want right now. I can't do more than that. Oh, it's worse. It's, it's exhausting. It's a thankless job, man. I run Kirby's, and if, anytime you want to get on Kirby's, let me know. Oh, where's Kirby's? It's at? in Fremont. It's a, it's a, it's a bar show that I do once a month, and we got about sixty to seventy people that show up and watch the show. Nice. But bro, if you don't, if you don't make them laugh in a minute or two, they will turn on you. Yeah. Absolutely. So. Oh man. I, I, I warn everybody that. Um, but I mean, you got to be a little bit more of a rugged bar. Woodham's type comic. Those guys do really, really well there. But the ones that come in and are used to shows, yeah. they get eaten up. <laughs> it's in Fremont. It's in Fremont, man. What it's Avenue? In, it's on Fremont Boulevard in Blakehouse. It's a great sports bar. It's Kirby Sports Bars. Go there Monday through Sunday. It's not the Huddle, is it? No, no, no. The Huddle was there was another great spot run by Mean Dave and Victor Pacheco, and they had great shows and great crowds there. Um, but Kirby's is on Fremont Boulevard, more towards um, South Fremont. Um, great bar though the owner of the place uh, Chuck is just very supportive of comedy man treats the comics like they're Cat Williams you know just I'm lucky bro mm. I'm lucky yeah yeah takes care of everything mm. I just show up and we we run the show what days what nights it's it's the last Thursday of every month so the next one will be April 27th then I'll do May 25th I'd rather do Wednesdays but uh, they want to do Thursdays I hate doing Thursdays because then the hot show comes up I can't do it yeah, fucking do it. I'm in the Rooster Teeth Feathers uh, comedy competition finals. How was that? <laughs> no, I'm going to be in it. It's the 26th. I, 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 I advanced past the second round. Okay. Now I'm going to the finals. I'm excited, man. It's going to be good. fun. Yeah. You know, I mean, you, now you can get, hopefully get some uh, work over in that place. Because that's, you know, that's a nice 20-minute drive from Fremont. That's nothing. No? That's nothing. It's a nice little room, too. Oh, it's easy to dominate. Yeah. It's yeah. small. It's small. Yeah, you can crush that place. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I never really advanced from the competitions, but I've, I've always remember having good experiences. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, they, that, that Wednesday night um, thing that she does once every once a week, right? Yeah. That's a great show. Yeah. Because people bring in friends and, you know, it's always a great, great show. So I like that place. That place is good. So, yeah, for the first time, I finally advanced. This is my third time doing it. I never got by the first round. Yeah. My buddy's like, dude, I'm a fucking headliner. I'm fucking taking you around the country and you can't get by the first fucking <laughs> round. The fuck am I telling you to tell people? <laughs> I'm like, it's all about being a good hang, right? Yeah, right. You ever uh, seen the movie Crashing? Have you watched the TV show Crashing? I, I finished it last night. Yeah, T.J. Miller. That's it's all good. about being a good hang. That's, that's true, dude. <laughs> I am living, talking proof. Yeah. 
Yeah. People go, how do you get how do you get on more shows? I'm like, become friends with a headliner. <laughs> no, dude, you got to be a person fun to hang out with. You got to be fun to hang out with, man. Yeah. Um, and sometimes another thing is you got to turn it off. Yeah. You know, like when I do shows with Kabir or whatever, when we travel, we don't talk about comedy. Yeah. It's the last fucking thing he wants to talk about. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you're anxious. You want to side it because you're not doing it like he's on his level. But he doesn't want to fucking talk about it. He doesn't want to talk about his jokes or his set. You know what I mean? You want to talk about other things that interest your life. Yeah. And that's that's what sometimes people got to understand. When you're when you're doing these shows, you're opening these shows, and you're around guys that are doing it at a high level, yeah. they don't always want to fucking hear it. Right. You right. know what I mean? And make them come to you. Go up there, rip the fucking crowd, and make that headliner come to you. Then 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 you're on a level playing field. Right. Until right. then, boom. You just you just give them their their time, their peace. Do your shit, and, and sometimes you're never gonna talk to them. Mm-hmm. Oh, whatever. whatever. Nothing you can do. All right, man. We passed the hour mark. We made it. One last question before we end this. Uh, looking at yourself now, and then you see yourself as that kid collecting sports cards in in Fremont. Uh, what's more, some advice you would give yourself? Some life advice. Load the gun before you shoot. Think. Don't react. Think things through. Just like anybody else. You know. I did, made a lot of decisions like that. Instead of like going slow. You know. Load the gun before you shoot. Like literally or figuratively? Like Figuratively. Just, just <laughs> slow down. Just slow down. Just slow down. Slow, slow the fuck down. Slow down. You know, um, the party don't start till you get there. But I mean, just sometimes the shortcut isn't always the right way to go. You know, and I've had, I have a checkered past. So, so yeah, that, that would be one thing. A little disappointed in myself, but you know, you can't live with it. You, you just got to let it go. You know, try to change your ways. See it as, you know, you fucked up. And, and try not to be that person no more. Wow. Really dig that, man. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Next time you see me on the show and I'm passed out drunk. <laughs> I gave him seven minutes, George! <laughs> you should have seen it! <laughs> Jeremy, you want a shot? <laughs> Jeremy, thank you for coming. You're welcome, man. Uh, we're good. We're thank, good. Thank you for having me, Was this man. fun for you? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, mean, I, mean, I, got to, I got to talk about myself. <laughs> And before you had to listen to it.